Welcome to the Simpler Business Podcast, where we talk about ways to do what you love and serve your people in a way that brings you income and freedom. I'm your host, Marissa Roberts. Join me as I chat with my favorite entrepreneurs about how they simplify their biz so that you can simplify yours. If you're a multi-passionate entrepreneur who struggles to keep things streamlined and simple because you feel called to do lots of different things, this episode is for you. One of the toughest decisions I had to make when I first started my business was what to actually focus on because there were a number of things I was interested in, a number of things I was good at, lots of things I could help people with. Everyone says to niche down and to target a very specific audience with a very specific offer so that when they find us, they know straight away that we can help them. And that is good advice if you're good at just one thing or you love just one thing or you love something more than everything else. But what if you're great at lots of things? What if we choose the wrong thing to focus on? What if we waste a year focusing in one area and then realize later that we want to help people in other ways, either instead of or in addition to what we originally started with? What if we want to share lots of different products and services that aren't always perfectly connected and aligned with each other? Do we need multiple personalities online or can we group everything together? How do we tap into our multi-passionate traits and use them to our benefit without having to force ourselves into a box? Well, my guest today is the perfect person to talk to about this topic. Tara Reid is a seasoned business and marketing strategist renowned for her expertise in empowering entrepreneurs to build sustainable, evergreen marketing strategies. With over 17 years of online entrepreneurship experience, Tara is a trusted guide for heart-centered, introverted, and multi-passionate entrepreneurs. Her passion for strategic thinking and personalized coaching drives transformative results, making a significant impact in the lives of her clients. As a sought-after speaker, Tara captivates audiences with her genuine, relatable, and empathetic approach, inspiring others to embrace their uniqueness and create businesses they love. Tara, welcome. I am so excited that you're here today. Thank you so much for having me. It's so great to connect with you face-to-face. I know. We've connected a number of times over email now, and I know we've done some collaborative work together. And it's so funny when you meet someone and you actually get to speak in person when you you kind of feel like you already know them, but you haven't actually met yet. Yeah. It's such a funny mm-hmm. thing, the <laughs> online world, isn't it? It is. Yeah. But I love it. <laughs> Same. I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't have it any other way. Let's jump straight in then and talk about being multi-passionate. What do you think are the best ways that multi-passionate entrepreneurs can keep things simple in their business without having to niche down and put themselves in a box? Well, I love what you said at the beginning about, you know, we, we hear all the time that you have to niche down, speak to one person. And that is really great advice. But if you're a multi-passionate, that's the worst advice you could ever hear and run with because forcing yourself into a box, I mean, I did it. I did it over and over again because I felt like I had to. Um, And what would happen is I would either get burnout, I would just get bored. And I, I... I felt like I wanted something more. I felt like, you know, one thing isn't enough. I want to do more things. Otherwise, it's pretty boring. Um, So I think if you're somebody in the past who has tried to niche down and it's either felt a little off or um, you've niched down and felt like 
I need to pivot every couple months, that's probably a good sign that you are a multi-passionate and you can probably like ignore that typical, you have to niche down to one person. I think when you're a multi-passionate, the best thing you can do is not to niche down your entire business to one offer to one person. It's really about creating um, a multi-offer fun business that lights you up and attracts multiple people. Um, So you niche down each offer instead of niching down your entire business. Oh, I really like that. You niche your offer, not your business. And that gives you a bit more freedom and flexibility. I think that makes sense too, because if you think about traditional careers, whether that be retail or hospitality or corporate or, you know, a trade, nobody spends 60 years anymore working in the same role in the same business anymore. So to me, it makes sense that as we grow and evolve as people, we're going to discover new interests. We're going to discover new passions. There's going to be new industry trends, new technology to embrace. Don't even start me on AI. Oh my gosh. It's like a whole (laughs) other world out there that no one saw coming 10 years ago, right? (laughs) So for me, I think it makes sense that we want to do different things and we want to, our talents are going to change. Our skills are going to change. We're going to be able to help people Mm -hmm. in different ways. So why not embrace it, right? Yeah. And the thing is, like you said, if if you force your entire business to fit into one box, speak to one person, and then you start to feel that way, you're going to have to like burn it all down and start from scratch, which I've done multiple times. And it's so much easier and freeing to get out of that box and just like bust it open. <laughs> Yeah, that's true because you tried to niche down to one thing as well, right? And I think a lot of us have, especially at the very beginning, first couple of years of the business. So what happened to you then if you, when you decided not to just niche down to one thing anymore and you looked for different ways to do things, what happened after that? What was your experience? Well, I think for me, it was really about like, it, it wasn't just the niching for me. Like I was taking in a lot of advice that wasn't right for me because I am also an introvert. So I was forcing myself to do a lot of things like niching, like doing reels or pretending to be somebody that I wasn't because I felt like that's what you had to be in order to grow and be like a top entrepreneur. And it never felt right. It never felt authentic and I got to the point where I was just burnt out and exhausted. So I said to myself, okay, either I need to like figure out how to make this business and this, how how to make entrepreneurship work for me without doing all these things that people are saying I have to do. Um, Otherwise I'm going to go back to a nine to five job because it's at least I know what to expect. It's not as energy draining. Um, I don't have to like feel like I have to, I feel like a lot of times I go back to video and like a lot of the social media reels, it almost feels like you're acting and I could never connect with that. I was like, I'm, I just can't act as, and pretend to be somebody that I'm not. And it was when I finally decided that, and I was like, I'm going to accept who I am, my strengths, and I'm going to really dig into how I can use them to my advantage when it comes to growing my business And it's really interesting because that's when everything kind of snowballed. It's like, and and I don't necessarily think it was the strategies and how I started doing things. It was really just that it felt funner for me. So I was more likely likely to show up, be consistent. Um, And people resonated with 
what I was sharing because I was just being myself. I was being real and relatable and not trying to put on a mask and pretend. I love that. I actually think that is the most flexible version of niching you can do because it's aligning with who you truly are. And so that's kind of, that's kind of the thing. It's like, it's your focus. It's, it's your strengths. It's your natural talents. It's, it's things that feel comfortable for you. And I think that always translates really authentically, especially online. You know, we're, we're very much 2D online. And so the more we tune into exactly who we are and embrace it rather than try and hide it or polish it or fit into someone else's mold, the more real we are to people when they find us, right? And I think that alone is such a good indicator of somebody knowing straight away almost that they, that they align well with the vibration we kind of give off if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I think that it helps people know that they've found a place or a person that they're comfortable with. And I know, for example, when you said introvert, I thought that is such, that's such a good point because a lot of us who are introverted, it doesn't necessarily mean that we don't want to get our message out there. It just means that we have a limited amount of energy to put towards that, right? And we need a lot of recharge time and we need to be able to, to recharge in a way that fits with our personality and our lifestyle and our strengths and so to find someone who understands what that's like and is still building a successful business that is such a big moment for people when they first come across you it's this whole feeling of oh I can grow and scale and run a business in a way that suits me because Tara's a really good example of doing it on in a way that suits her it's still helpful for other people but it fits really well with you so it doesn't take as much energy or effort either I'd imagine or strategic effort anyway yeah (laughs) yeah yeah I think that's the thing too is like because when we first start our business it's all like you have to be on social media you have to show up every day and I'm no longer on social media at all so People aren't seeing that as an example. If they're like scrolling reels, they're going to see the people with like thousands of comments because they they have that personality. Like that, that's what works for them. But if that's not you, that's okay. There are a lot of other ways that you can grow your business and get more clients, get more sales, connect with more people um, that are more aligned with your strengths and how you um want to use up your energy because yeah as introverts we only have a limited like tank of energy every day and it can deplete really quickly when it's something like going live um that's really stressful for me like I have like the 30 minutes before I have to like prepare and like work myself up and then like the 30 minutes after I'm like decompressing so really a 30 minute live is actually like an hour and a half for me (laughs) yeah Exactly. And same with what we're doing today, right? There's only two of us basically in the room, but it's still an energy exchange. It's still something that you've got to mentally prepare for. It's something that you want to recharge afterwards. Um, So I'm not really, I have to admit, I'm not a podcast episode batcher because I just, I'll get two episodes Mm -hmm. in and be like, I need six hours off now. (laughs) Yeah. I did a lot of batching at the beginning. And then again, I was like, this is too much. I need to space things out a little bit more. Yeah. I think that's such a good example of something not, it's not that it's not right. It's that it's not right for you and that there's a better Mm -hmm. option out there. And people, you know, I know a lot of our listeners, when they hear you say, I stopped doing social media, I know the first thing they're Mm going to think of is, oh my God, how did you find clients? How did you get in front of people? But there are other ways to do that, right? You don't have to be on social 24 seven. You don't have to share everything about your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've I've been off social media for 14 months now. Um, 
And I, I've gotten the question a lot, like, did you see any drop in sales or audience growth? And I'm like, no, it was the opposite because I was focused in on what I love. I went all in on SEO, blog content, on my email list. Like before, when I was on social media, I was maybe emailing a couple times per month. And now I'm emailing my list like three to five times a week. Yeah. And your emails are awesome. And I really get that hit of your personality that coming through in your email too, which is really nice. Like, And I love the way when you decided to stop Instagram, for example, you didn't just stop posting and ghost everybody. You actually put a post up that explained what you were doing. And I was that was such a good example. Mm-hmm. It was really good role modeling, but also letting people know what they could expect from you later. So I thought that was very clever, actually, just as somebody from a lurking point of view. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, I've had it on my list for about 12 months to um, create a nine grid and throw it up there, but I just haven't, I, I don't want to even open the app again. <laughs> How do you plan out all of your marketing for all of your offers? Because I imagine with a lot of different things, it's hard to kind of, you can't just mentally wing it anymore or can you? How do you make sure your offers and your marketing are all kind of streamlined and aligning well together? Yeah, it's it's a lot. Like I think right now, if if you were to go to my everything page, I have like 50 or 60 different digital products and courses and programs and services. Um, So I have a lot of offers, but I don't promote everything. Like there's some things they just like, I'll announce it and then they just live on my website. Um, I focus on like getting organic traffic from search engines. Maybe I'll share it on Pinterest, but I'm not like actively promoting it um, to my email list. And then usually every month I'll have, what is my primary like promo focus for this month. And then I'll also have secondary focuses because I can't talk about the same thing for an entire month. That's <laughs> again, going back to the multi-passionate. It's just, it. that's, yeah, I just can't, I need to talk about other things. So I will maybe have one main focus, whether it's like a new group program, another live round of a group program, maybe I'm going to run like a flash sale. Um, and then I'll sprinkle in some Maybe in like a couple times this month, I'm going to talk about this digital product, or maybe I'll offer a bonus for it, or I'll do a live round or something fun. Um, And I think that is critical to not overwhelm yourself and overwhelm your audience. Um, Because when you are a multi-passionate, like for me, if you were to look inside my ConvertKit um, email, I have about 300 different tags. And (laughs) that's... I think if you have a lot of offers, like it's essential because I have some offers because I try to niche down most of my offers. It's like not everyone on my list is going to be interested in, you know, the stuff about SEO. They're more interested in blogging or content creation or strategy. Um, So I tag people a lot and then try to filter my emails. So I'm not emailing unless I'm really promoting something. Um, I don't necessarily send a lot of emails to my entire list. It's more segmented um, so that I can speak specifically. And I do have it in the works to create a quiz that's going to help with that too um, for like tagging specific answers to quiz questions. And that just gives me more data and more insight into the people on my email list and helps me talk to them more specifically. Yeah, I really like that. That idea of tagging and segmenting and just emailing people based on the things they're interested in. 
I think that's going to help a lot with, you know, you don't get as many unsubscribes then because they're actually getting relevant content, but they also feel like, hang on a minute, this person really gets me because they're talking about the stuff that I'm actually interested in. I don't have to wade through a mountain of content to get one or two pieces that I personally find valuable. That's a very clever way to do mm-hmm. it. And with, with ConvertKit, you can basically set it up to do it all for you once you've got it all organized mm-hmm. at the start, right? Yeah. Like when, um, I, I like to think of it as like my, the topics of my offers are like sub topics for my business. So, um, for example, like I, I talk about a lot specifically to introverts, but I have a lot of offers that are not specifically for introverts. So I have a lot of people on my email list who don't identify as an introvert. So if I was to send everyone an email, like, Hey, introvert, like <laughs> they're going to be yeah. like, yeah, this, this isn't me. I'm unsubscribing. Um, so yeah, that the tagging, even though it can get overwhelming, as long as you have like a tagging structure and keep it organized, um, which is one thing I wish I did earlier is keep it organized because I had to go back and reorganize everything and label it in a way that it made sense to me when I'm sending emails and stuff. Yeah, that would have been a really big job. What about mm-hmm. other things? If you go could go back in time and change, because you would have learned a lot over the last few years in terms of running a business in in this sort of way. What else do you think you would change? Are there other things that pop up that you go, you know what, if I was starting this all over again, I would do this differently? I think probably the biggest thing that I would do differently is be more mindful about what I invested in at the beginning. Like, especially if you're a multi-passionate and you're somebody who like loves learning and a lot of different things. I was like a sponge for information and (laughs) signing up for all these programs and courses. And, and then I found that I had no time to actually implement or like actually do the training or the skills and implement it in my business. Um, So I do wish I was more intentional at the beginning about what I was focusing on first, instead of like, I want to learn everything at once. Like it it was a lot, (laughs) but I do, I do love like learning new things. I just think like you you need to watch how much you are putting on your plate. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good point. I did a very similar thing, especially when I wasn't sure exactly what I wanted to focus on. I I was like, okay, I'm just going to try a little bit of everything. And of course, not only did I not have time to learn everything and take action on it, I barely had enough time there are, there are lots of courses that I didn't actually finish. Like I got a couple of good mm-hmm. nuggets out of them, but then I was too busy to even log in and keep learning. And there are some things that I have bought that then I just completely forgot <laughs> that they even bought. And then mm-hmm. I remember there was this one course that I was really excited about. I can't even remember whose it was, but it was a really good one. And I was like, I'm so excited to do this. Bought it, forgot I bought it, went to buy it a second time, realized <laughs> I already had a login. And so for me, it was like a case of, all right, I really need to get organized. Like I can do whatever I want. And that's the freedom of having your own business. You really can Mm -hmm. do whatever you want to do, but you still need a little bit of structure, right? You still need a little bit of, okay, I'm going to have learning time, but I'm also going to have action time and I'm going to have research time or data time where I kind of learn what's actually working. And yeah, I put the most Mm -hmm. of my time into what I enjoy the most. And I think that's why that works because I take more action on my business when I actually like it, but mm-hmm. I had to, I had to build a little more structure in, in order to stay consistent and actually build results. So there's a little bit of that in yeah. there too. I, I actually finally, um, I have a notion dashboard oh. where I now add all of my new courses. Like if I sign up for a bundle, I will add everything to that and I can categorize them. So then 
typically on Fridays, it's like my my content, my brains, I call it my CEO day, but it's basically like, what do I want to do for fun? Or is there something that I want to learn? And I'll try to like go back into a course that I've never actually implemented or gone through. Um, So I'll just go into that list and I'll be like, okay, I want to like do email today. So I'll just filter it by email marketing related courses or digital products and then pick one. I love that idea because a couple of weeks ago, I was thinking, all right, I want to get back into webinars and to go through my email inbox and try Mm. and find webinar course, webinar outline, webinar. If I had a dashboard, I could have just gone in and filtered. (laughs) That's such a good, okay, that's going on my list for this year. Definitely. Maybe (laughs) next year, maybe next year. We've only got four months left of this year, I think, haven't we? Yes, I know. (laughs) (laughs) I think you have been such a great guest to have on today, Tara, because I know a lot of, most of our listeners are one to three years in their business, right? And that really is the time when you're really confused about what you want to actually focus on. And I think the things that you've shared today have really, really been helpful in that they're going to make people feel better if they're feeling that way because now they know they're not alone but also they're going to it's going to give them the motivation to go okay I don't need to stay in this kind of freeze mode of I'm not sure what I want to do and I don't need to put myself into burnout by trying to do a little bit of everything I think it's been really helpful chatting with you about this stuff today so thank you so much for sharing I really appreciate it yeah thank you so much I I love talking about this because I wish I heard some of these points when I was in that place at the beginning. Yeah, same thing. I really wish we had all of this knowledge and experience right at the very start. Well, somebody Mm -hmm. did and we would have heard it because when I first started in business, it was, oh, we'd have a similar story. I think you've been in business for a number of years, right? I think I'm going Mm on I'm hitting about 12 now and everything at the start was just the basics. It was just the absolute basic no frills version of building a business online and but people get so creative every year there's a new thing to try or a new trend or a new style and yeah I can get caught up in that mm-hmm. sometimes and then resent the fact that I caught myself in the net and kind of started something that obviously wasn't a good fit but yeah mm-hmm. it's exciting stuff and I do like the freedom that we get to have with it so that's the good yeah part. and I think like going I'll, I'll just share one thing that you made me think of there so one thing that I like to do is like I'll have an idea for like a new business or a new side project and I will go and I will create the entire website and then just, I won't go forward with it. (laughs) So I decided, you know what, I'm creating all this stuff. Like my multi-passionate tendencies are creating all this stuff. So I've actually gone back in and taken a lot of those websites and turn them into templates that I could sell. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, I'm not, it's not like a waste of time. Like there's always, even if you do something and then partway through, you're like, oh, you know, maybe this isn't the right move for me, or, you know, maybe this, this isn't the right decision right now. You can like take what you created and use it in some way. Yes. I love that. And templates are such a good thing because it is, it's a really great way to, to put value into work that you've done before and it's also such a good time and effort saver for other people so it's a no-brainer buy because Mm -hmm. it's so helpful for them too that's such a good idea and you know 
I'm a big fan of multiple income streams because I always feel like, what if I stop doing this thing over here that's performing really well? I don't want to have no other eggs in baskets at all. So yeah, that's a really good example of doing that. So yeah, all of that has been so helpful. And I know some of our listeners are going to want to see more from you. So where do you think is the best place for them to find you? I know I'm not going to tell them to go to Instagram because I know you're not on there right now. (laughs) So you reckon website and email is the best way to get in touch? Yeah, definitely. My my email list is the place to be. Um, so if you go to, over to my website, thetarareed.com, I have a ton of freebies. I have like one for like each topic that I, mm. I have offers for or talk about. Um, so probably the one that I think most listeners, if they're like, yes, that I'm like, I can relate to all of this um, is probably the value ladder offer workbook. Um this is kind of how I structure my offers and it allows you to focus on niching down like one area of your business, not your entire business. Yeah. I love that. And it's as a workbook too, I think it's good because you're kind of learning and actioning at the same time. So, you know, you're going to get value out of sitting down and dedicating a little bit of time to doing that. I think it's such a good way to set up your business foundationally so that you can you can grow and you can scale and you can continue along and not worry about all those little hurdles that have popped up for all of us in the start of our journeys. So yeah, that's really helpful. All right. I'm going to make sure I've got a link to the value ladder workbook in the show notes and also generally to your website so that people can check out. Oh, can I link your everything page as well? Is that all right? Yes. Yeah, of course. 60 things on there. That's going to be, it's like shopping in a really nice boutique. You can just go through and find what you're looking for. I love it. The everything page, if you have a lot of offers, I, I'm so grateful to um, Elizabeth Goddard for that Lizzie. idea because I I use that as like a reference for myself sometimes. I will be like, oh, do I have that? What's the link for that? Oh, I'll just go to my everything page and grab it from there. <laughs> Yeah, it's good for customers, but it's good for us admin minders as well. Like, where am I going to get that link? Yeah, you don't have to hunt through all of your Google Drive anymore or all of your past files. It's just ready to go on the page. I love it. Liz is a genius coming up with that. And it's such a good example of something really simple that's incredibly effective. So, yeah, I love it. Mm -hmm. Very nice. Well, thank you so much for being here. Tara, I have loved our conversation. I hope you've enjoyed it too. And I hope everyone listening has loved it and got some value. We'd love to hear your feedback. If you want to head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a little review, or I just banged my microphone because I was so excited. If you want to leave us a little review, or maybe send me a note on Instagram and let me know what you'd like me to talk about next. We want to make sure that we're covering topics that suit you. And yes, I hope you all enjoyed it and I'll see you in the next episode. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Simpler Business Podcast. If you did, please subscribe, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. There's a link in the show notes to make it nice and easy for you, just the way we like it. If you're ready to simplify and scale your business, you can get started with my free audio class at marissaroberts.com. See you next time.